Hey guys, this is Leah Buckles from Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting. I'm a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, and former CMP examiner. I wanted to come on today and discuss obesity as it relates to VA disability. This is something that I review near daily in um, medical, uh, veterans' medical charts um, as it relates to whatever it is that they're trying to connect to their service, right? So obesity currently, from my understanding, is not something that can be service-connected directly. I know that there are some cases out there right now where there are veterans that, and their attorneys, their legal counselor, are fighting to connect obesity directly. Um, but I, from my understanding, there's not a specific rating for obesity at this time. Um, again, that's something that you'd want to follow up with, with your uh, VSO or your, your um attorney or accredited agent or whatever but from in my experience in the past this is something that we have used um, as a bridge medically speaking to show a relationship between one condition and another as it relates to um, a veteran's service so what do i mean by that so if a veteran comes and says hey, um, I gained weight in service, um, I got put on the Ar Army Body Composition Program, um, you know, you can tell that I was obese in service, I want to service connect that. Well, again, that's something you should follow up with your accredited representative on, but from my understanding, you know, you have to have a disability um, and the obesity or the weight um, that, that was gained due to that service-connected disability led to another condition, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit um, more about that. But first, I'd like to discuss what, what actually is obesity, okay? What are the categories? So they look at body mass index, right, um, a lot of times. And so normal BMI is anywhere between 18.5 and 24.9, okay? So that's usually based on your height and weight. There's some calculators online. You know, you can look up BMI calculator, plug in your value and see kind of where you're at. There's a lot of different um, ways to assess body fat percentage, but when we're talking about BMI, that's what we're talking about, right? Um, so being in the overweight category is generally going to be anywhere from 25 to 29.9, okay? That's overweight. And, and um, then when we step into obesity, we're looking at 30 to 39.9, and then morbid obesity is anything over 40 for BMI, 40%. Um, okay, so now that we've kind of defined what is normal, overweight, obese, and morbidly obese, we can kind of dig in a little bit more to the matter at hand. So a specific case came out, um, Walsh versus Wilkie, and you guys can Google that and kind of look it up. Um, in that case, I have a little little slide here I want to read. Um, it basically said that when a service-connected condition aggravates the claimant's obesity, um, that aggravated obesity may be an intermediate step between a condition that is service-connected and a new condition that, be, that can be compensated by the VA as a secondary service-connected condition. And that comes out of the 38 Code of Federal Regulation, I think is where, it, where that comes out of. But again, that's something that you want to discuss with your accredited representative to kind of get some clarification on that. So what that's saying is that the obesity itself can be a link between one condition and another. And we're gonna talk about some of those specifics. I'll give you some examples here shortly. But again, from my interpretation, that does not mean that obesity itself is gonna be service-connected necessarily, but it is a way to show a service-connected. There are other things that I see that are used as an intermediate step between one condition and another. I won't, I won't get into a lot of those. Um, one is, um, for example, um, a, a person has several orthopedic injuries and they use a lot of NSAIDs and they develop gastritis, right? Um, that NSAID use is kind of that intermediate link between the 
orthopedic injury and the gastritis. So how are those things connected? It's because of that anti-inflammatory use. So anti-inflammatory use is not a service-connected disability, but it is a way to show a link as an intermediate intermediary to that other condition, okay? So back to the obesity, again, it's a, it's a way condition A caused you to get obese or you know contributed to your obesity and then led to condition B, okay? And so we're gonna get, to, get into some examples of that, but that's, um, kind of some of the background stuff. Um, oh, also, so some more stuff that came out of the 38 Code of Federal Regulation 3.310A. So you can look it up. I just looked it up and cited it here. Um, again, obesity can be an intermediate step between a service-connected disability and a current disability um, that may be service-connected on a secondary basis. Um, so this is something I see in a lot of decision letters when we talk about obesity. Um, they have some specific language as to how that weight gain can relate to the next thing, right? So one is the, the service-connected. So there's three criteria, right? So the first criteria is the service-connected disability must have caused the veteran to become obese, okay? So we have to show that or you have to be able to show that that specific condition is what made you become obese. If your medical chart is full of veteran eats McDonald's six times a day, um, it may be hard to, to say that the service-connected disability was the thing if there's other you know, underlying factors, right? Um, the second um, qualifier is that the obesity as a result of the service-connected disability must have been a substantial factor in causing the potential secondary disability. And thirdly, the potential secondary disability would not have occurred but for the obesity caused by the service-connected disability, okay? So I know that was a mouthful, but that's kind of what it says in the, in the, hand, in the handbook, right? And straight out of the Code of Federal Regulations. So you guys can go look that up and analyze it and you know do whatever it is you wanna do. Um, so now let's talk about some conditions that we see related to one another, right? So some conditions that I have seen very frequently cause obesity, okay? And some of these are like kind of no-brainers and people think about them all the time and some aren't, right? But they make sense when you think about it. So mental health disorders, okay? So I see a lot of veterans that have PTSD, depression, anxiety, things like that. These conditions on a twofold um, manner can lead to obesity, right? One, because a veteran maybe has a social phobia. They don't wanna to go to the gym anymore. They don't wanna be out in public. They just wanna stay at home. They're depressed. Um, they wanna lay on the couch. They don't wanna do anything, right? Um, they have a fear of being around other people. Um, so that's one thing. They don't, they don't physically want to or have the um, energy to go out and do some of these things, right? Um, they're too depressed too. Another one is their compensatory eating habits, right? So we know part of the criteria for the diagnosis of depression is to have changes in appetite. Sometimes that change in appetite can be a decreased appetite and some, a lot of times it's increased appetite, right? So there's compensatory eating habits. Maybe someone develops an eating disorder, right? They have bulimia, they have um, you know, a binge eating disorder or whatever, and that's related to their mental health condition, okay? That, though, these things can kind of show you how mental health condition can, can lead to weight gain, okay? Um, orthopedic ailments are another one. So if you've got an orthopedic ailment that, that causes you to not be able to exercise um, in, a, in a great manner like you used to, let's say you've got back pain, bilateral knee replacements, hip replacements, foot pain, um, you've got all these orthopedic ailments that just physically make you 
it very difficult for you to exercise. You have a hard time walking even. Maybe you have a cane. Maybe you have a walker, right? So some of those things, would, you know, can you swim? Maybe you can swim. And I've seen that where veterans will say, well, I can't do all these things. And then the rater or the examiner comes back and says, well, they can swim. Well, I mean, you know, every case is different. So you have to look at it on a case-by-case -case basis. What are those disabilities? So another one that some people might not think of that I see frequently is asthma, right? So asthma, if you have service-connected asthma and it's terrible and you just can't run because of your asthma because um, you have, you know, respiratory issues, that's something that can lead to weight gain, right? Um, cardiovascular disorders like congestive heart failure, right? Your exercise tolerance, your cardiovascular tolerance isn't where it's supposed to be because your your pump, your heart pump just doesn't work like it should, right? That can certainly lead to um, exercise intolerance, right? And weight gain. Um, somebody asked me the other day, hey, I have um, MS and I use a walker. That makes sense, right? Um, I had another veteran that it was a DIC case, a, a dependency and indemnity case where the spouse was um, trying to get spousal benefits. And this veteran had like bilateral lower extremity amputations. He didn't have, he had service connected and they were service connected. He had service connected disabilities of the upper extremities, right? Um, these things certainly, he also had mental health condition, right? So these things um, led to what was listed on his, death certificate, which was obesity hypoventilation syndrome, okay? And so we were able to show that because he had all of these ailments in all of his extremities, um, he had a mental health disorder, that led to his obesity, and then he, you know, they wound up getting a favorable outcome on that case, right? So what are some of the conditions that we see? So we just talked about conditions that can make you gain weight or that can lead to gaining weight. And again, not every veteran, not this doesn't happen to every veteran, right? It's case by case. Um, there, you know, some veterans that have these conditions don't gain weight. Some do. Some ha some people that are overweight or obese are overweight or obese because of lifestyle choices, and that's just lifestyle choices, right? They drink all, you know. And but again, if you have a drinking disorder and it's related to your mental health condition, I mean. You know, there's it's just so variable, right? Um, so what are some of the conditions that I frequently see secondarily service-connected to those primary things? Hypertension, okay? High blood pressure, right? So if a veteran doesn't have um, other major risk factors, and sometimes even if they have one or two risk factors, you know, maybe they have a family history, okay? Maybe they smoked, but they quit smoking 15 years ago, right? Um Hypertension is one that I see often related um, as a set on a secondary basis to um, obesity, right? Um, diabetes. And I'm telling you, I've seen tons of veterans that get service connected for their diabetes as it relates just to PTSD, right? That it's not every case. Again, it, it has to be based on um, the review of that veteran's history and what, you know, the examiner thinks, what the rater thinks, what, what the case history supports. Um, sleep apnea, that's another big one. And, and keep in mind, you can have more than one service-connected disability contributing, right? So let's say a veteran has PTSD, they have back pain, they have knee pain, they have all of these things. We can say, well, all of these things contributed to their weight gain together, right? If it did, okay, if it did. Um, so I challenge you guys to kind of look at those, some of those things, have a discussion with your healthcare provider, whoever's assisting you with the claims filing process. Um, if they think that that might be a, um, viable avenue for you. Also, um, I think it's important to note that a lot of times veterans will say, well, I think my sleep apnea is related to my service, but I don't know if I should, 
you know, try to link it to my allergies or my sleep or, or my PTSD or my orthopedic ailments due to weight gain. And I say, well, what is the, what is the history support? You know, if it supports all three of those, it's not an either or thing. It's we include all pertinent positives and negatives, just like we include all the pertinent positives. We include the negatives too. So like if you have, um, if you're obese, but it's unrelated to your service and you're in your only service connected for allergies, but you're 40% BMI, I'm going to say, mm, is your allergies the real cause of your sleep apnea or is it perhaps your 40% BMI? I don't know. We have to look at the files and see. Um, and again, all pertinent positives, all pertinent negatives um, are, are part of the history, right? So I hope this was helpful. Obesity as an intermediate step. I know I got a little bit um, wordy there in the, in the beginning about kind of what it says in the CFR about it. Um, but again, I challenge you to kind of look that up and review it. If you have questions, um, you know, feel free to drop them in the comments about this, um, video and I'm happy to answer any that I can. And I hope this was helpful. I hope it encourages you to, um, think about some of those things as it may apply to you. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks a lot.